Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome, great to have you with us on this Thursday. Big day today. Joe Susan, head football coach at Bucknell, joins us at 3.35. Today, our high school football roundtable, previewing the games on the Sunbury Broadcasting Family of Stations, will be at 4.06 today. Neil Kulong to talk about the Steelers in just a few moments. Eagles and Carolina Panthers coming up tonight. Thursday night football. The Eagles at 4-1 playing great. You'll hear it on Eagle 107 tonight with Merrill Reese and Mike Quick and company. And, of course, then high school football tomorrow with Sealands Grove and Eagle 107. We'll have Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley. We'll have Milton on WMLP and Chickalemi football right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And our broadcast crews will be joining us at 4.06 today to preview those games. Bucknell, we'll have them, of course, on Eagle 107 coming up on Saturday as well. And we'll talk with Joe Susan at 3.35 today at the bottom of the hour. Uh, interesting story uh, that was put out by Fox News. And then we'll get to Neil Kulong here in just a few moments. The interesting story put out by Fox News was a survey done in conjunction with the National uh, Foundation of High Schools and talking about participation rates. They say participation rates are down all right, in 41 states across the country right now for high school football. 41 states. Now, the University of Colorado also participated in this study. Uh, There are also several states, 14 of them, where football participation is not only down, it's down more than 10%. Now, nine states in the District of Columbia saw increases in the last five years, but 41 states saw a decline. Maryland's one of 14 states where it's down at least 10%, and the others that also fall into that category of being down 10% or more would include Kansas, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Now, Illinois is the one state in this group, by the way, that's seen its population decline over the last five years. And it should point out that only that Michigan and Wisconsin have only seen slight increases in population. And when I sit down and I put my charts together, for example, Michigan's next. I've already put my Michigan chart together. And it really stuck out to me, and it really and I mean it did jump out to me. It used to be over the years when I do a Penn State Michigan game, all these Michigan hometowns would show up on my chart. Not anymore. Not anymore. Doesn't happen anymore. Uh, you look at the roster, Florida, California, Texas. I mean, they've had to go all over the country to get talent. I saw that when I put my Iowa chart together, too. It used to be a pretty reliable Iowa here, Iowa there. No, not anymore. You can see that. Now, according to this study, what one sport in the football realm is actually seeing growth in the last five years? Believe it or not, it's the NFL flag football program run by USA Football for kids ages 6 to 17. 
That's actually increased by 66%. They now have 385,000 kids now participating. That's interesting. All right, coming up, we'll talk with Neil Kulong about the Steelers. Don't forget, Eagles and Panthers tonight on Eagle 107 on Thursday Night Football as we continue. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Having trouble trying to figure out what new vehicle to buy? Stop! SMC has all your bases covered. Compare Ford, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundai. All at the dealer who has been satisfying work customers for over 100 years. 53 Ford F-150s starting at $23,994. Sunbury Motors has your compact SUVs covered. 46 Ford Escapes starting at $19,925. Take 3112 off all 17 Hyundai Tucsons. Kia Sportages start at just $23,553. SMC has your Mid-size SUV in stock. Right now, 2018 Kia Serenos start at $24,999 with 21 Serenos to choose from. Take up to $49.49 off 2017 Hyundai Santa Fe Sports and up to five grand off a Lincoln MKX. Sunbury Motors has all your bases covered for your next new vehicle. Go to sunburymotors.com to compare your next new Ford, Lincoln, Kia, or Hyundai. Sunbury Motors, satisfying more customers, selling more cars. A tradition of trust since 1915. Great Thursday afternoon to each and every one of you. Great to have you with us on the show today. Joe Susan, just after the bottom of the hour to talk about Bucknell football. Our high school football previews will be at 4.06 today. Uh, With practice the way it was set up this week, uh, Joe could do Thursday at 3.35, so that's why we set him up there, and we pushed our high school football previews to 4.06, so big hour coming up. Uh, the Steelers will play uh, at Kansas City. Uh, Eagles and Panthers, of course, play tonight. Neil Kulong is uh, the latest in a long line of individuals in Pittsburgh saying that they don't get the ball enough. I, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not, and um, yeah, I basically, I'm not Antonio Brown, so I'm not getting the ball. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure looking, what it comes down to with this team. I've looked at the stats. I don't. I, I mean, you're not even on the stat sheet. Yeah, you know what? We're, we're trying to fix that. It really kind of depends on the game plan. You know, you get behind in the second half, you end up having to kind of change things up, and that's what leads to 55 pass attempts against the best passing defense in the league, and. Uh, whatever it was, like 17 rushing attempts against uh, the worst rushing defense. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with Tomlin in that sense. They definitely, uh, they definitely got away from something. <laughs> something bad happened. I just know that uh, the game was really turned on them throwing the ball and you know throwing it to the other team and then having them run into the end zone. So, definitely, uh, definitely a, a, an odd game plan to, to put it mildly. I don't think that. Uh, I, I, here's the thing, and you know, I've gotten away from criticizing Todd Haley, kind of the way it seems everybody is right now, uh, largely because I didn't feel that the plans themselves in their first couple games were really more of the problem. In this game, I mean, Le'Veon Bell had nine carries at halftime. They were behind, yeah, but it certainly wasn't an a, you know insurmountable lead or anything. They didn't need to, to immediately you know gun the ball down the field for the entire second half just to get in it. It, it was throwing the ball in the second half what got them in, in trouble in the first place. So for me, they. They didn't get to establish a whole lot of it, but at the same time, you're, you're facing a really good defensive front. Jacksonville played they, – they played really well, and in many ways the Steelers kind of put them in a position to play really well, but they executed and they made plays. Uh, they're, they're fast. Those guys are all mm-hmm. over the field. It was hard for the Steelers' offense really to do anything, but uh, they're, they're, you know, they're running out of excuses with that. They're, they're going to have to figure something out. A couple of weeks ago we talked about Ben Roethlisberger, and we both said, you know, he's doing okay, but he's not really playing great. Uh, 
is this a slump for him? I mean, I'm sure he hopes it's only a slump, but I mean, do you feel in some ways he is slumping? Um, I, I would say so, yeah. I mean, it would. We, you think back, when was the last time Roethlisberger played an outstanding game? Right. You know, it, it, it's been a while. He's played some decent games. He hasn't really, like, ripped somebody's throat out in a while. And he used to do that at least a couple times a season, um, particularly early when he was healthier. Uh, now he just he doesn't look like um, – he doesn't look as confident in the pocket as he used to, and I wonder if some of that is not – receiver related and the reason I say that is what he looks like right now uh, minus the sacks he's not really getting sacked all that much so he's not fumbling the ball that much Uh, he looks like how he did to start off the 2013 season and that was a a really really bad season in, in terms of their receiver depth they were just starting to kind of build that back um, they had Antonio Brown. Emmanuel Sanders was out there getting 80 or 90 targets. Uh, they, they didn't have anything, really. And Sanders was a, a, a mediocre option within that offense. He didn't do very well for what they needed him to do. Um, obviously, he's done great in Denver, but he wasn't doing that in Pittsburgh. A large part of it is just because they needed him to be the split end. They needed him to go deep, and, and he wasn't getting open deep. So, for me, it's kind of like I, I wonder if this isn't more of an issue just with the depth of the offense because that's the problem they ran into last season. And when they, they – put everything on Le'Veon Bell when he was getting at least 25 touches a game uh, during that that 10-game winning streak, that's when they really kind of all came together. The defense came along as well, and it almost kind of masked Roethlisberger a little bit. Remember that that game against Buffalo last year? Roethlisberger did everything he possibly could to lose it. If it wasn't for Bell's 200 yards in a road game, they would have lost. So it, it looks almost like he just he isn't trusting everybody else except for Antonio Brown. He's got time in the pocket, but he's not stepping up and, and delivering decisive throws. And when he is now, you know he's missing, he's off the mark, or he's telegraphing his pass so badly the defensive lineman's knocking it down. That that's what Jacksonville did. So yeah, I definitely think he's in a slump, and I, I wonder what it's going to take to get him out of it, and if the Steelers even have that. I mean, does it seem like he'll lock in on a guy? I mean, sometimes when you get a little insecure about something, you'll lock in on somebody and you don't see the field as well. Is he still looking around to progressions or is he locking? What you said, that that's exactly my point. He is locking on uh, any one receiver. Whether it's Brown, obviously it's going to be Brown, and it should be. Even when the offense is going really well, you should probably find a way to get Brown 40% of your targets. Um, it, it, no matter who he's going to, though, um, it, it seems like he's showing that this is the you know this is the guy I need to get into this spot because you know whether it's pressure coming or whatever. But the defensive linemen are the ones who are seeing that. You know, the, the secondary, yes, you're a lot further away. You can kind of tell by the, the quarterback's body language where he's going with the ball. But the defensive linemen are right up into his eyes. They can see it. That's why they're getting into the lanes that they are, and that's why he has as many tip passes as he has this year. I think tips led to, to three of those five interceptions and uh, pressure getting hit square in the chest led to another one and there was no doubt he, who he was throwing the ball to on that play it was it was the hot route to Vance McDonald and he had to because somehow or other a, a unblocked guy came you know straight up the middle and, and laid him out so the defense is forcing some of that but you can't exclusively put uh, each of these poor quarterback performances on uh, an impressive and athletic defense like we saw in Jacksonville. Certainly they, they deserve the credit for it, but I don't think Roethlisberger is playing as well uh, as he should be, and I don't think he's playing with the same level of confidence that he has. It looks like he's missing that more than anything else. That, to me, suggests he's kind of got qualms with the, the personnel that the Steelers are putting out in the field right now. Which then means they have to put more pressure on their defense to make certain things happen. Do they have enough defense, in your opinion, to compensate? Um, it, it, it's interesting. I think we saw it 
for a, a, a good part of the game. And really, Leonard Fournette is a beast. That guy is going to be an other world running yes, back. I mean, for, for him, I don't know if you saw it or not, but ESPN Next Gen stats keeps like a, a miles per hour tracker of each player. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he led the league and he, he ran the fastest of anybody this past week of like 22 miles an hour. <laughs> and they're like, you know, freak track star guys in the NFL that were hitting 20, 21 yesterday. I look at him, I don't think speed. I think just pure power. The guy is just a, a wall of muscle. I mean, he, you know, you get that guy, you know, running straight at you 24, 25 times a game, you're going to eventually give up the, the, you know, the 90 yard run like he had. But they, they held him in check. I mean, he had some good runs. He's a very good player and clearly was all of their offense. I, I thought the defense did a good job until that last one. The game's way out of question and they're probably. You know, they've been on the field 80% of the fourth quarter. They're, they're dragging at that point. So you can kind of see where that comes from. They, they did a good job defensively. They didn't play a very good quarterback, and, and certainly the Jaguars are doing everything they can to make sure that their quarterback is not a factor in the game. Uh, but they, they took the passing game completely away. Uh, their, their secondary has done a good job, in my opinion, so far this season. So you're interested to see how that's going to continue to develop. They're, they're getting outstanding play out of their, their corners, which I didn't really quite expect. But Mike Hilton in particular, he's playing really well. Um, I, I think you're getting a lot out of T.J. Watt. You're getting, in my opinion, an all-pro level effort out of Ryan Shazier. Uh, Cam Hayward might be at that level as well. I, I think they have enough to be able to compete defensively, but if they're on the field that much in, in the second half, if they're losing 5-1 to one in the turnover battle, yeah, I mean, any defense is going to collapse under that kind of pressure. Uh, and uh, I should point out, by the way, that uh, uh, that on the kickoff return Saquon Barkley made against Indiana, he did top out at 22 miles an hour on that, just to give people perspective when you're talking about speed and what a guy can get to. Uh, Kansas City. Well, this is a nice spot for them, but the Steelers play up to competition as well. What are your thoughts on this matchup, and why is Kansas City, why has Alex Smith in particular been so good? You know, this is such a great contrasting game simply because where the Chiefs are now is exactly where the Steelers were in like 2014, 2015, 2016. They had such explosive playmakers and a, a good quarterback who makes quality decisions. With that, the, the Chiefs have been building, you know, over the last couple of years. It, it's been a good team. Um, now they're, they're in a tough division, and I, I don't think they went into the season getting the type of credit that they, uh, that they deserve. I, I certainly don't think they're going to go 16 and 0, but right. they're, they're stacked. They have a really, really deep roster, and you know, offensively in particular, they have nothing but playmakers around them. This is why they, they cut Jeremy Macklin. Everyone was all up in arms about that, but right. Jeremy Macklin can't run with these guys. That's why he, he stands out. He's a liability in that offense. From Alex Smith's perspective, really all he needs to do is just deliver an accurate pass to the right place. And if, if you want to define Alex Smith as anything, that's it. He's just got guys that can go down 20, 25 yards now compared to what he had two years ago when they could only go like 12. They, they just didn't have any real athleticism. Uh, Travis Kelsey is, is an unbelievable athlete. Uh, the, the size and, and speed combination that he has, he's basically unguardable down the scene. You're really going to struggle to, to contain that guy. Tyreek Hill obviously is, is extremely fast. I um, mean, what we're seeing from Kareem Hunt right now, it, it's, you know, I never thought I'd be saying this, but you have a legitimate argument who the MVP of the league is, Alex Smith or Kareem Hunt. Yeah. I didn't know who Kareem Hunt was until this you know, right. they're playing great football, and it really looks to me a lot like what the Steelers were doing a couple years ago, and they can't find that anymore. That to me, that that brings up the big question: Are the Steelers just slow? Did they miss that window? You know, it, it feels right. like 
back in 2011, 2012, when you expected the level of, of defensive dominance that the Steelers had. It's like, yeah, they're, they're kind of good, but they're just kind of missing a lot of stuff. They weren't making plays. And they, they, largely, you look back on it, because they just weren't as fast anymore. Um, Martavis Bryant put on a bunch of weight. He does not look like the same player to me at all, physically, uh, obviously, but he, he doesn't move very well either. He's not running quickly. You know, they're, they're still trying to incorporate him in the short game, but he's not making guys miss. Bell isn't making anybody miss. Antonio Brown isn't making anybody miss. I, I, you can't quite grasp everything with it, but there's a lot of stuff going on within that offense, and I wonder if you know, the, the show isn't just over. How much, um, I don't know, disarray is there in the league right now with what's happening before games you've got uh, the the Miami offensive line every day it seems like there's a bad headline for the NFL uh are you surprised that the, that they've fallen into a pattern where they can't seem to make any mid-course corrections not to not to get too like metaphysical on a, a sports talk show but you negativity breeds negativity you know I, I've always kind of found that Neil, in my life. Neil, that's, more, that's, Neil that's, that's too metaphysical no I'm just kidding go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> the, the best example of it I, I was joking around with some friends of mine yesterday you, you flip open um, whatever publication you're looking at on a national level the top headlines were J.J. Watt's out for the year right. Odell Beckham's out for the year yep. the Dolphins offensive line coach is snort and blow um, stadium protests. Our president is attacking the NFL for some reason. It's like, what is going on here? I mean, this, this used to be fun. This used to be entertaining. And exactly. Now it seems like so much of it is is you know kind of snowballing into something else. And now the, the headline today is right after the president says what he says. Now Roger Goodell wants to make every player stand up. It's like, oh boy, <laughs> there's no way you're going to get that to pass. Right. Uh, not you know basically you're you're forcing people to choose sides by thinking that you're just going to have everybody do the same thing. You saw what happened when the Steelers tried to do that. Didn't work out very well because somehow or other the the former Army Ranger happened to be outside the tunnel ahead of everybody else. Right. You can't send that message. You just can't. And it, it, I don't want to call it a distraction because that that suggests it's not something that has merit that has value. But the reality is, you're not going to contain this. You're just not. And if you're worried about Trump tweeting at you all the time, I, I don't know what to tell you. The, the reality is, the majority of the people who are doing this are, are doing it for a very specific reason. And I don't think this is something you're going to be able to get past, not even the NFL. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be a, a crazy end of the season. I, you know, I, I like talking about football. The other stuff now just kind of it comes with it. It kind of has to. Oh, I know. I'm the same as you. I'd rather just sit there and talk football. Let's talk about the games and things like that. But this other stuff is a reality, so you do have to treat it with the seriousness it deserves. So, Neil, always a pleasure, especially when we talk football. You can go back now to that metaphysical world that you're from. Yep, i got to go find more of it. There's there's more stuff coming. <laughs> Neil Kulong joining us on the show today. Steelers, of course, take on Kansas City. Eagles and Panthers tonight. The Eagles try to make it 5-1 and one on the year. That's on Eagle 107 tonight on Thursday Night Football. Looking forward to that. Joe Susan, next half hour, then our high school football roundtable. We'll talk Bucknell football after the bottom of the hour. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us today, and anytime I get a chance to spend some time with Joe Susan, it's a segment of the week I thoroughly enjoy. Joe, welcome. It's great to have you back. It's good to be back, Steve. I appreciate you uh, making the adjustment. Uh, we actually practice Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon because of the uh, fall break here, but uh, it's unique to have you Thursday, and uh, my wife thinks I'm always on on Thursday, so maybe she's listening this week. <laughs> I, I reminded her at the luncheon yesterday, Joe. To, he's on tomorrow. Not tomorrow, then back to regular sched next week. So. Yeah. She'll be listening on Thursday. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. It's usually my strongest day. All right, so let's uh, get to uh, the bye week. You always do self-scouting anyway. So what did that do for you in a self-scout, and what are a couple areas you wanted to really pay particular attention to in your self-scout? We uh, have had a tendency to be a little bit more run-oriented on P and 10 and first and 10, and obviously our opponents see that, and we have to begin to balance that just a little bit more. Um, Our run-pass option concepts are... We, we want to enhance the effectiveness of them. We really emphasize them. And uh, from a defensive standpoint, uh, being a little bit more um, three-down oriented just because of personnel, um, we'll go into the game with some of that in our package. It's always been a part of our package, but we're uh, emphasizing it a little bit more. And then the other thing about the bye week is you get uh, a chance to have your youngsters um go back to playing our offense and our defense and and that was really a good thing for us Um, tried some new things in our kicking game Um, I think our punt game has been outstanding Um, it's just a matter of what what we did is as much as all those other things is we healed some and we're going to get some guys back and we'll get actually more guys back as the season progresses and the good thing about that it is good but you want to keep everybody else healthy so you're not just going back and forth with that and it's a nature college football though uh, depth is critical and uh, depth at this level is really hard because our roster limitations and you know but everybody else in the league has those and uh, you know I think the Ivy League has a little bit of an advantage because they have more guys on the roster but uh, quality depth is the most important thing we practiced well. We were fortunate to get two when two Tuesdays, two Wednesdays, and today will be our second Thursday. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, you talk about the depth part of it. Does it really prevent you from playing some of the sub packages that you see on the uh, F? You know, the FBS level, for example. We see a lot of sub packages. Ohio State and Penn State, for example, they'll use a four defensive end package. Does the depth part of it, the numbers part of it, keep you on your level sometimes from not maybe playing some of the sub packages idealistically you'd think of playing? Certainly, it, uh, especially when in pass rush situations, those four defensive end packages. You have four elite pass rushers. Uh, we want to rotate at the defensive line, but our rotation is limited to three defensive tackles, three defensive ends, and we we can't put a whole new group in there. And uh, you want to keep those guys fresh, especially those guys. You know, they uh, 
it's hardest in terms of the constant, whether it's pass rush or run block. And if you get those guys fresh and keep them fresh into the fourth quarter, it gives you an advantage defensively. Uh, offensively, we do have a variety of different sub-packages that we use, uh, personnel groups. I think we're a little bit more flexible with our depth offensively. And, uh, you know, the one place you don't sub is on the, in the offensive line. And right. we'll actually get our center back this week, Pat Finn. But it does. It impacts your ability to... You know, be a little bit innovative with those sub packages. We don't see much of it either. Um, we see more people doing what we do: rotate uh, a couple guys on the defensive line, rotate a couple guys in the secondary. We do see some nickel packages that uh, some teams use in certain down and distances, but more personnel-related sub packages. You mentioned getting your center back, Joe. I mean, what is that going to mean for your communication up front and, and having somebody with experience making those line calls for you? It, he, he has done an outstanding job. He, uh, as a freshman and sophomore, didn't say much. And, in fact, uh, we were concerned about his ability to communicate at the line of scrimmage, but really had a very good spring for us. He was a great wrestler in high school. Um, I think that's an important transitional skill but more importantly, he sets the scheme and he sets the protections. And having him back in there uh, really brings it, it solidifies the communication that is essential for an offensive line to function the right way. And uh, the good thing is that even if he sets it wrong, as long as everybody's wrong on the same page, we're right. And uh, he's he's done an outstanding job, Pat Finn. He's a biomedical engineer here and uh, one of the smarter guys that we have. Good. Among, amongst a lot of smart guys that you have on that team <laughs> and in the program. I mean, the stu- your student-athlete numbers are incredible, uh, which we've got to get into more as time goes so people understand sure. that the full I mean, look, there's a full college experience that Bucknell is offering here, and it's paying off by, by your student-athlete, your, your GPAs and things like that. We uh, we were fortunate. We're right on the cusp of a 3.1 uh, cumulative GPA, which is and and the good thing is that our kids represent all majors. They, you know, they have uh, Bucknell continues to have strength in the arts and science, but uh, Bucknell's answered the technical needs from engineering and business management, and uh, our players run the gamut of those majors, and it's funny that some of them will actually go through here get a business degree and one of them that played here a couple of years ago he's in marine ocs right now going through <laughs> probably the eighth week of a unique 10-week experience they're going to wind up graduating as a second lieutenant in the marines and uh it's when guys do that that you really feel that you've done something and uh They've taken away his cell phone. They've taken away his computer, but we handwrite them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, those are the kind of people that I feel comfortable doing what those guys do. And you know, a guy named Connor Hayes played defensive end for us here a couple of years ago. Yep. And uh, it kind of got me out of the blue when he said he was doing it. And uh, I wrote a recommendation. It was easy to recommend him. And then his dad approached me a couple of weeks ago asking for us kind of write them letters and I actually had some of the alums that were Marines write them letters too that had wow. shared that experience. I, I understand it's a real unique experience in terms of stress 
but it better be. Yeah, it better be. It's exactly right. Uh, certain uh, metrics or analytics, I'll look. There's a you. We get a whole bunch of them. All right, but there's certain things I'll always look at as standards before I go to other things. How are you on giveaway takeaway? You're even. You got 41 we're, points we're off even. your takeaways. Really, yeah. really good. We've been uh, able to convert like those. Yeah, it looks like your field position has been really good for you. you. But here's the other one. Are you getting enough explosive plays? We are not, and uh, that's one of our emphasis going into this week. Uh, Cornell does try to load the box with their safeties. There are times it's a nine-man box, and we've got to be able to do that. But the other the other way you get explosive plays is you get a hat on a hat in a run game. And uh, yep. we have not had many explosive plays in the run game. And as our offensive line matures and – with Pat Finn coming back and getting healthier, and Joe DeFloria is healthy, he's going to play. We uh, we feel pretty confident that uh, we'll continue to build those explosive plays. And if you get explosive plays in the run game, it really plays into your play-action game. And then I want to ask you about Cornell, because they're, they're coming in uh, at 1-3, and three, coming off a win, though, when they uh, beat Harvard at home. What will be a couple of things that you'll look at with them that are going to be really important for your team to understand going into this one? I think it's important for us to find out right away what their plan is offensively, because their first three games, they were more the uh, high-speed, uh, no-huddle. Uh, throwing the ball, I think uh, it led to them being sacked a significant number of times and creating some turnovers. Um, are they going to come in and be that run team? They ran the ball 59 times against Harvard. They only threw it 18 times, and uh, they completed 15 of those. And that goes back to the run. If you can run, you can play act. That That is going to be critical. And then from a defensive standpoint, they try to keep everything in front of you, uh, in front of them. They are really not a big pressure team, but uh, I think they'll see that some of the pressure that our opponents have run against us has been effective. I think we'll see a little bit more in the way of pressure. Um, but we've got to make them unload the box, and uh, we'll do that both from a formation standpoint and an early passing down or early down passing game that. Uh, needs to be effective in order for us for them to do that but uh, it'll be interesting to see the offense they run in our game um, their quarterbacks both the kids are in that 6'3 230 pound range uh, they're not the big time runners but they are big and strong and can make time for themselves because of their size and uh, they have one of the better running backs in the league and uh, being able to keep him on the sideline will be critical as you said, field position. It's going to be a unique game because both punters are averaging over 40 yards. And uh, if we have a field position advantage early, I think we can take advantage of it in terms of the scoreboard. We have to. And we've got to maintain field position for our defense. Big game up in Ithaca coming up on Saturday. Joe, absolute pleasure. Good luck this weekend. And uh, since your wife is listening today, I wanted to tell her hi. I know that you guys are off this week too, aren't you? I have a bye week. Yes, we yeah. do. I'm sure you're going to take care of your wife, like I did. With uh, absolutely. Mine. That's that actually starting tonight. We're going to we're going out to dinner. So, so give her my best. Give her a hug for me. And, I uh, absolutely will, Joe. She'll I, I appreciate wish that. Sean's wife the very best as well. Thanks. You guys have a good yeah. day. You bet, Coach. Take hey, care, man. Thank Bye. you, Coach. Appreciate it.
And by the way, uh, we do hope uh, as we continue that uh, Deb is doing well. Very well she, yesterday, she's, yes. She's probably, she's probably getting embarrassed by all the attention I'm giving her on the air. <laughs> no, no, you know, I mean, because... <laughs> Deb. I think she's kind of shocked because you know, the, 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 the two people at the top asking about her the most are you and Coach Susan. It's just been wonderful. Huh? So, and everybody here in the building, too. Well, with one notable exception, who keeps talking, <laughs> keeps bringing it back to himself. Uh, wait till I tell. Wait till he. Boy, he shared something with me a little over an hour ago. It, it won't surprise you, but uh, we'll, we'll have to bring it up at the back end of the roundtable. Well, I, about an hour ago, I was actually with Kale Sanderson. Excellent. That's and, right. The uh, wrestlers are uh, practicing. Yes. Uh, yep, hard full bore practicing underway. No, I had a great talk with him about a variety of topics. You know, most of it was just casual conversation between the two of us on some things, which I always, I always, I love talking to him. He is such an intelligent guy. Yeah. Great, great perspective and everything. You know, but when he started out the, the conversation with, is, is suit light wrestling? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's, it's something to do with a, with a restraining order on somebody. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> But what we did, actually what we did today was uh, eventually after after we were done, you know, with some small talk, uh, we're doing a feature on the Unrivaled TV show. And I am the, I, I think a lot of people don't know, I'm actually the producer of the segment entitled Roar that's in the show. So next week, for example, uh, leading up to Michigan, the Roar segment will be on Dennis Smirnoff. The week after is going to be on the new lacrosse stadium. The week after that is going to be on Sarah Brown. Well, our November 9th and 10th show leading into Rutgers, it's only it's a three-minute segment, but it's going to be a feature on Zane Rutherford. So I sat down today with Zane for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes and interviewed him. He couldn't have been any better. Spent maybe, I probably spent 15 minutes with Kale. Five minutes of it was an interview, and the other 10 minutes was just chit-chat. Um and uh, you know these are such first class people. I mean, first class. I mean, I'm talking no ego. I mean, Sam Rutherford's won 67 in a row. You wouldn't even know he's won one. Kale's won everything. You never know he's won one. The only time, the only time I've ever seen Kale show fear of any kind is that the, I is the police show him a picture of the suit. I mean, and that was. I mean, <laughs> like, like okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back with more. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Uh, great to have you with us. Next half hour, we're going to have our great team, and I. I'm really proud to have all these guys on every week. They give such great perspective on what's going on with uh, high school sports. Steve Williams, Jack, Zach Showers, Greg Wetzel, and uh, uh, the WKOK guy. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> so you'll, you'll love the text I got from Zach Showers last night. He goes, you know you've been listening to the Steve Jones Show too much when you start analyzing average field position of high school games. <laughs> and Good then for I, you, Zach. And I, and I replied back, 
I see no problem with that. (laughs) (laughs) Seems logical to me, Zach. (laughs) I'm glad I can can help in some ways. (laughs) Help me help you. (laughs) Help me help you. So I was talking today with somebody about, you know, about teaching. And I said, you know, I said, I've thought about at times of giving it up because... You know, when you get emails from students saying, hey, uh, I missed class. Can you tell me what I missed? Like, I already taught it. I'm not going to email it to you. (laughs) All right. So Steve Williams, Zach Showers, Greg Wetzel, and Kevin Hur. next half hour. We've got high school football previews. Oh, and Ross Tucker's coming up tomorrow. Picks with my brother tomorrow. Kim Jones next week. Jack Ham next week. Derek Williams next week. Dick Girardi next week. And it looks like maybe even Darren Deardorff next week. Wow. Must be a whiteout. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.